Ah, the Profitorium. Here that's, we are. That's the that's the place that we go to talk about show matters and comments mm-hmm. every week or almost every week. Uh, it's a, a nice entryway into the archive. Um, a show matter to discuss could be that uh, in a previous episode, not of the Percolator, but uh, an actual full-on episode of archive the proper. Archive, uh, we made a promise to the Creepers mm. that we would take them to brunch. We'll we'll eventually get to brunch, but I think when we do, it'll be uh, a more uh, appetizing uh, mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> discussion, and at least for us. We're excited to announce that in addition to um, Adam reading you how to make a sandwich, <laughs> if you find Adam and take a picture of him, then you are also invited to have brunch with us. That's, I think that that above all is uh, encouragement for participating in the hashtag Where's Adam hashtag contest. Where's Adam. Uh, we haven't had any submissions uh, for that contest no, strangely. yet. It is strange. He's hidden very well. <laughs> he is. Even his own family seems <laughs> incapable of finding him. <laughs> I think we even uh, invited them to participate uh, and try. Uh, however, uh, and this is a, a nice lead into our uh, string of comments in response to uh, the percolator from March 7th, Adam commented and said, if I take pictures of myself, a la Peter Parker, Spider-Man, does that count as winning? Mm. Um, I, only if you are engaged in, <laughs> in a heroic act. Dr. Octopus, <laughs> you're stopping a train that's about to go off a cliff. I think that, that counts. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, mm. Oh, if you're upside down and kissing a redhead. <laughs> And even at that, I think we're still going to have to judge the quality of the photograph. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's an Eddie Brock out there to Adams, Peter Parker, who might be better <laughs> capable of taking uh, a better photo, we might have to make him a host. Uh, Adam also says, and if so, and I win, how would I go about calling myself to make the sandwich? That's something I can't, uh, uh, a possibility I cannot entertain. Um, I think you're going to have to get a landline and call your cell phone with it. And, um, you know, it's that easy. Right? <laughs> we're so not good luck to you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not even allowed to have uh, landlines in the uh, archive. It throws off the sound. In response to Adam's inquiry, uh, Drew says, it was clearly stated in the episode that archive hosts are not eligible for winning the contest. So now that you've figured out how to photograph yourself in a Spider-Man costume uh, and how to call yourself using a landline, Adam, uh, you're disqualified. You're still disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> we have comments as well on our Guilty Pleasures mixtape. And uh, this comment comes from Mike Westfall. Mike Westfall. Yeah. Mike says, here are my contributions to the Guilty Pleasure Mixtape Creepers Edition. At least the ones I have to include now since John already took the party. Number one, Sun Beautiful Sun from the Nick Jr. TV show Bubble Guppies, 
We have a link to that that we will place in the show notes uh, so everyone can hear this and all of Mike's uh, entries. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Um, but Mike has provided some comments, uh, and he says, in a few years when Drew's kid is older and he and Ashley have watched so, so many hours of children's television, mm. he's going to need to make a mixtape of just songs from those that he's not tired of hearing yet. And I assume that this is uh, one of those songs. Okay. I I was wondering if he was before or after my time with Nick Jr. Actually, I think I started with Nick Jr. Or Nick Jr. started when I was young. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember uh, when it started. If it was was going when I found Nickelodeon or if it happened shortly thereafter, but I just assumed it had always been there. But but no, this is this is a this must be a new one contemporary that he's enjoying with his children. Bubble Guppies. Bubble Guppies. Uh, number two is a song called Afterburner by Mark Bonilla. Um, I have to assume he's related to uh, Bobby Bonilla from the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Mike says, this is an instrumental guitar song I hunted down because it was from a montage in the really, really dorky rollerblading movie Airborne. Oh, mm. Intriguing. Uh, it's on an album called E.E. Ticket, which I'm going to assume is a Disneyland reference. Yeah, that would be uh, an insane ride worthy of the name Afterburner, I think. If we follow the standard um, Disneyland ticket lettering uh, conventions. Uh, and finally, wait, number wait, three. I just want to say my preferred rollerblading movie is Prayer of the Roller Bo- Boys. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's probably Adam's favorite uh, ro- <laughs> rollerblading movie, too. Oh, man, I have to look that up and see if, if that's still... Uh on the ticket for a, a retrospectacular if we already passed it. No, I think it was, it was released in 1991. <laughs> if I <remember> correctly. <laughs> and I have, I have uh, a couple of reasons for knowing that. It's uh-huh. uh, <laughs> my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, yeah. You can't claim dibs on that one. I'm the steward of <laughs> prayer of the roller boys. Uh, it was, there's a scene in there where, uh, the roller boys have assembled at this, like, uh, it's like a midway and there's a, a carousel that's going around and they are playing head like a hole by nine inch nails hmm. at the, uh, at the carousel. So that's how I can place it at least after 1989 or 90. Yeah. Um, but, uh, really I'm just going off of, uh, the, Corey Hames hair. That's how mm-hmm. I tell where <laughs> in the it continuum was. Yeah. it was released. Yeah. You have a timeline of Corey Haim haircuts, <laughs> yeah. Corey haircuts. And, <laughs> and I can also look back on my own photos and tell where exactly I was. Yeah. The same. <laughs> uh, number three, my best friend by Weezer. Uh, after everyone stopped caring about Weezer, but my wife and I absolutely walked into our wedding reception to this and you don't get much guiltier than that. Uh, these are all excellent contributions to the Creepers edition. Thank you, Mike. And again, the uh, links to those are in the show notes. All right. And finally, we have a pair of comments from Ashley. Ooh, ash it up. Ash it up, ash it up. Ooh, ash it up. Ash it up, ash it up. In response to the percolator, she says, uh, thanks for the theme song, fellas. Who doesn't love a sweet song sung by Drew? Um, 
I can think of, of three people yeah. at least. <laughs> Everyone but you, I think. Uh, she also says that Christopher Robin trailer made me tear up when Pooh appeared and had his original voice. I did not notice that. I did not pick up on that. I, I, it, the voice is perfect. I didn't know that it was the original voice, though. Uh, she also says, if I ever see that movie, I will probably end up, uh, sobbing through the entire film. I think that is probably, uh, a good likelihood for most people. Um, I did, I did, did not even grow up with, uh, Winnie the Pooh, but I'm pretty sure based on that trailer that I can assume I will be in tears. I love Winnie the Pooh, but I've never credited a movie, so I'll, <laughs> I'll see how that works. Uh, did you know that this weekend there's going to be a thing called a 100-acre wood rally race, uh, like an hour or two north of here? No. Yeah. So there's a you know rally racing. Yeah. This combines my favorite childhood book with my favorite kind of racing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I pitched it to Angie, but she was out of town. I don't know if she thinks I'm serious or not, but I'm <laughs> kind of trying to go to see that, uh, just to stand in the woods and watch a bunch of cars drive by on a sharp corner At and then go home. And... <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really understand, uh, car racing as a spectator sport, but I'm interested. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious then, are they going to be, uh, are the cars going to be decorated as characters from the stories? Cause that would take it to another level. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, this is the second year that they've done it and it's just, you know, standard thing. I, I don't know why they're calling it that since they don't call that area the hundred acre wood, but, um, yeah, I have no idea. Interesting. I'll look into it. Yeah. If, uh, if we can find some details on that, we will put that in the show notes as well. Uh, finally, we have another comment from Ashley, uh, in response to our episode on Akira. Is that how I say that? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, guys say anime or anime, (laughs) how you like, I don't always say it properly either. I hate most anime or anime anyway. I'm listening to this, but I have never seen Akira and I probably won't ever see it. That's a, that is a bold statement, Ashley. And if I can, uh, offer, uh, another endorsement of Akira, I think it is absolutely worth your time. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't do a very good job if we talked about it for an hour and she's like, nope, still not interested. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I, I, the next day after we recorded that episode, I talked to, uh, my friend Travis at, at work and, um, and I was like, cause I had lent him my DVD a while back and he didn't watch it for months. And when the episode was coming up, I was like, Hey, can I get that back? And so I was like, Hey, you really need to watch Akira. And he goes, Oh, I watched it. And I was like, you did? And he's like, well, I watched like 90% of it. And I was like, and that, that ring of <laughs> alarm in my head. I was like, how do you just watch 90% of that? And I, I was just like, no, you didn't. And he's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, do you remember the giant fetal baby monster? And he's like, yeah, that's about the time where I was like, yeah, I've figured it out. I, I got the gist of it. And that really frustrated me. Who has ever me. said, I get the gist of Akira at, and been at right? That point. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe it doesn't age well or play to millennials as, as much as I think. Maybe I'm wrong. But to me, it's it's still the, the masterpiece of anime. He's just waiting <laughs> on the DiCaprio uh, starring yeah, yeah. live action remake. Oh boy, that is disheartening. 
Uh, well, that's a sad note to go out on, but that concludes the comments this week. Uh, let's see if we can turn this around in the percolator. Sticks, what do you have to steep on? Sticks is John's uh, cat that occasionally comes by the archive and uh, John feeds tuna fish. Um, <laughs> did you know, uh, did you see that, that like since Black Panther came out, the amount of uh, black cats requested at shelters has like skyrocketed? No. And that's awesome because that's like this weird thing that because of superstition, people right. don't get black cats, except for, you know, goth people like you. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's nice that uh, that, that is A nice turn of fortunes yeah. for the black cats of the world. Yeah, that's fantastic. I had not heard that. However, uh, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we really don't talk about enough no, uh, we don't. here, especially in the percolator. Uh, I have not seen Black Panther, no. but I have uh, caught up with uh, the preceding installment in the universe, uh, oh, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Um, uh, hey, listeners at home, make your decision. Will John love it or hate it? Thor Ragnarokked me to sleep. Oh, um, <laughs> That was one sentence, and there's a little roller coaster there. I was like, "He loves it." No, he doesn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't dislike it at all. Um, I think it was uh, tonally pretty entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, if anything, I think I wish they had gone more in the direction that they kind of uh, started down, um, making it a little uh, jokier and. Um, that's one of the biggest complaints of the movie is that it's too jokey. I get that. I don't agree with because yeah. I, I liked where it went. Um, and I think it's an interesting thing where it's just like, if you think about the events in the movie. Um, and the so, other characters in the movie too. Uh, yeah. Um, spoilers here. I'm just going to rip through it. <laughs> but uh, Thor loses his father like his planet, most of the people on them and his eye. And it's not a depressing. And his hair. And his hair. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, it's, it's done in a way that's just like fun the whole time. And, you know, I guess a lot of people wanted it to be like a movie that was, you know, great stakes and rock you. (laughs) Yeah. Emotionally wrenching. Uh, yeah. But I don't need that. I, I not from Marvel. Yeah. There's too, too much of that already. It's in, in in movies that are very much like Thor. I think there's too much of that, Mm -hmm. um, already established. Um, and I also feel like the character has evolved far too much to, uh, ignore that side really, you know, like even in the Avengers movies, he's, his, his personality has evolved to the point where he, he does 
offer some comedic mm. relief. So it would be kind of disingenuous, I think, for him not to carry that on, you know, throughout this one. Yeah. And I would say to those people, just shut up because at <laughs> least, <laughs> at least this one was like mildly entertaining yeah, that, compared to the previous two. Right. I, I made it through the first one the first time I saw it. I don't think I've gone back to it. The second one I have tried to rewatch like three or four times and have not gotten through it. Just, I, it's, yeah. it's the only Marvel movie that I just have no interest in for some reason. I honestly cannot tell you if I've seen it. Like I, I think I have, but I don't remember anything from it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't either. There's some elves or something. I think and that sounds about right. <laughs> it's funny because like the the beginning of Thor Ragnarok has a scene where uh, Thor arrives on Asgard, and there's a play being oh, yeah. performed um, depicting the demise of Loki, um, and Thor standing uh, beside him and, you know, feeling remorse uh, for the loss. And Chelsea said, uh, as we got to that scene, she said, is this, did this actually happen? Is this a depiction of real events? And I said, Oh no, no, this, this is totally made up. (laughs) And then it later is revealed that actually those circumstances uh, did appear to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I have no recollection of them whatsoever. Uh, that was an awesome scene. That had uh, Matt Damon and I thought that was Matt Damon, Sam yeah. Neill playing Odin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very very fun picks to have this stupid scene. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think its heart was definitely in the right place, uh, and I think it bodes well for the expansion of the universe uh, that is forthcoming or has yeah. already started. I guess. Uh, yeah, Black Panther made like a billion dollars. It did. Yeah. That's awesome. It's it just beat Dark Knight as yeah. uh, best I think domestic box office, uh, which is pretty insane. That's fantastic. Um, not not absolute best, but um, you know higher than that and lower than Avengers and other movies that aren't superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that the other day and was like, like for uh, uh, gross domestic adjusted for inflation, like. Um, you know, Gone with the Wind is still number one um, with something like $1.9 because at that time it was the only movie in theaters and it ran for like four years or something. <laughs> and Nobody could watch anything yeah. else. And theaters were the only place with air conditioning. So it was just like really just a place <laughs> for people to go. Um, and, but uh, one that kind of surprised me how high it was was The Graduate, which is a movie huh. that I absolutely love. Yeah. But it beat out like movies like you know that, that some of the biggest movies of all time. It was it was somewhere around like fifteen or something like wow. that. Wow, um, which just kind of surprised me. Yeah, that, you don't think of that uh, ranking as a blockbuster, yeah, cultural uh, phenomenon, but not not, not as, something that would like drive crowds to the theater and children. Yeah. You usually think of going to see blockbusters, but yeah. Or even like repeat viewings. Like, you know, I've seen that movie a couple of times, but it's not the kind of thing that I think had I been around when it was released that I would have, you know, just like got all my friends together and yeah. said, let's go see the graduate again, guys. Yeah. It beat Godfather. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, huh. Um, what uh what have you been steeping on um i 
I don't know if I brought this up before. This isn't immediate, but I did think about it today. Um, did I bring up that I'm an inventor? Mm, mm-hmm. Did I? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was how you got invited to a gala, if I recall. Mm, no, it was probably around the same time that oh, okay. I brought it up. But um, I don't, yeah, if I brought it up on air, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm going to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's too late now. Um, but yeah, this, this, uh, thing at work uh i work at express scripts and you know somebody came up with the brilliant idea of taking bottle caps and putting a message on them so we have these like lasers that go and inscribe a little message in black and white on the top of it and you know whoever brilliant person came up with it somebody else took that and then came to me and was like hey can you help come up with designs and i was like sure and this was like a tiny little project, you know, it was just something yeah. that lasted like a, an hour or two over, you know, a couple of months where somebody would come back and like tweak it and stuff. And then, uh, and then, yeah, a couple of weeks ago I got an email saying that I was on this patent and that, uh, I was an inventor <laughs> and I immediately ordered new business cards and, <laughs> uh, demanded a pay increase. And yeah. Um, I assume those things are forthcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Good. If I don't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're too uh, integral to the to the team now, having... Yeah. I mean, how many other people there can say that they're on patents? Yeah, nobody in my impo- my department, including the writers that worked on it, like, <laughs> they got left off. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. That's but, hilarious. Was yeah, Travis one of the writers? Travis was one of those oh, writers. Oh, no. <laughs> Good night, Travis. Good night. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, have you have you watched uh, the new Queer Eye on Netflix, Mm-mm. which just I guess it just was released maybe last week um, or the week before that? Um, it's fantastic. Really? Yeah. I, I I did not watch the original run of I, the show. I didn't either. I'm familiar with the format, and I've seen i've at least seen clips of it or appearances by the original cast of mm-hmm. the um sort of five for if you are not familiar with this concept there are five uh consultants uh who are like the the main cast of this show and they all have um a specialty that they um are experts in uh there's a earth <laughs> wind water <laughs> Fire and Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a um, fashion or apparel uh, expert, a culinary expert, a um, interior design decorating, um, uh, grooming, uh, self care grooming, and then a culture uh, cultural consultant. Um, at least those are the five that are on the current the new. Incarnation. I'm assuming that it's the same from those uh, on the previous one. Uh, so somebody, uh, uh, a friend or a family member of the um, subject of each episode nominates that person to get a makeover. And then uh, what uh, is referred to as the Fab Five show up, usually take them by surprise. Um, it's like an intervention for somebody who's just hopelessly not stylish. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way of saying it. And, um, I think at least within this run, there are eight episodes and in almost every case, 
there is some underlying accomplishment that has eluded the person um, or something that they're fixated on um, at the, at the moment. So for, in one case there they go to a firehouse and the, the subject is uh, he's like the lead fundraiser for the training program. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to put together this uh, fundraising event to raise money so that they can afford to train firefighters, which you would think, um, should sort of just go with the territory. Uh, but I guess there are some gaps in funding. So he's trying to accomplish that. And, uh, if, they're, if they they're don't do it, do they just <laughs> send in a bunch of unqualified firefighters? Is that, that doesn't sound very good. Yeah. So what's great is they identify, uh, which part, uh, this is all set around Atlanta and in, in the suburbs, uh, surrounding Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you are concerned about fire safety, <laughs> maybe don't settle in uh, this particular community. Or if you do, then make sure to donate. Yeah, yeah. bring uh, fundraisers. lots of bank with you when you uh, move in. But anyway, this show is fantastic. It is like the most uh, joyful hour of television that I've seen in a decade, if not more. Uh, like I, I, you, you cannot be in a bad mood watching the, the show. And is it even better than the bachelor finale? (laughs) I've never seen the bachelor finale, so I don't want to, uh, say definitively that it is. Uh, but I find it hard to believe that the bachelor could surpass, uh, queer eye in my esteem right now. We'll agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to fuse them together. Yeah. Um, to make over the candidates on the bachelor. Um, I, I, I actually, I bring that up because I did watch the actual bachelor finale or at least like a minute of it every five minutes as I was walking in another room. Um, but did you hear about this at all? No. All right. So they did a finale and you know, the way it works is it, it comes down to two girls and he picks one of them and, uh, they're, they're basically not allowed to socially date for the period of time after they've chosen each other or after he's chosen her because they have to wait until the episode airs. So oh, if right. anyone sees them in public, right? So during that period, he changed his mind and decided that he wanted to pick the other one. Whoa. Yeah. So they air this episode and then the, the big cliffhanger finale of it is that he didn't pick her and then they announce. I, this was on like a Sunday or a Monday, uh, let, let's say Sunday, and then they announced that the actual finale will be the following day. Whoa! And so this unprecedented television, <laughs> you know. Uh, so so Angie told me about this, and uh, I th- I thought this was pretty interesting, and kind of popped in to watch it, and like, uh, here's the thing about it is that there's no possible way that this happened because when you watch the next episode and you consider the amount of time it, that was in between there um this was a huge production that like basically they set the loser girl up to be the bachelorette of the new season and they got 30 guys to show up for the finale of this episode and meet her and each one of them had their own gimmick where one guy was playing a ukulele, one guy came in on a horse. And it was just like this insane thing. 
um, that there's just no possible way that they just like did this in a matter of weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just the logistics of like scheduling it on television and having that time blocked and all right. that stuff. Um, so while I'm watching it, it occurs to me that this is like professional wrestling. They took professional yes. wrestling and applied it to something for women where it's just like this just absurd preposterous circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And these twists and turns in it. And like, you're, you know, most people can probably tell that there's some stagery going on, Yeah, but then there's a lot of people who are just like totally wrapped up in it (laughs) and think it's all real. Um, and so like, and then there's an extra level to that because pro wrestling took what soap operas were doing for women Put it to men, and then yes, you know they and now it swings it. back the yeah. other way. Yeah, so well, it, I can't wait for the, the bachelor coffin match hell yes. in a cell edition. <laughs> they need to meet in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding! It kind of gave me a respect for it. It was just like the, this is crazy and trashy, but it's still like a, there's a skill to the storytelling. Yeah. They're like making the most of the medium. Yeah. Yeah. Super popular. Interesting. Well, uh, I don't have any other, uh, steep subjects. So, um, where's, uh, where's my bachelor with a horse? (laughs) John, take us on out of here. This this rose is for you. (laughs) (laughs) 